Hey guys, Derek here again, Choose Recovery Podcast. And as you guys are tuning in here, we are have an opportunity to carry the a dose of hope. It's a radio program here that local sober home ministry Freedom House has been producing alongside a local radio station, KAFC 93.7, and affiliate networks across the state. Anyway, so we're going to get you guys the next episode of this and this particular one. I'm super stoked about, a little nervous at the same time at the beginning, but uh, jumped on and was able to share my story. So you guys have heard my recovery story before. Um, this is parts of it, kind of an interview style, and I hope you guys enjoy it today for the podcast. This is A Dose of Hope. I'm Tom Steigelman, and on today's program, we're going to be dealing with a fairly sensitive subject, particularly in the Christian church. Today, we're going to be discussing pornography, and if you have younger listeners, this may be a great time for you to find them something else to do for the next 28 minutes or so. And I know we have some people out there listening right now that you might be uh, actively using pornography. Maybe you're being tempted uh, by pornography or just struggling with that, and you might be thinking to yourself, oh, am I you know, good enough? Uh, you know, in the eyes of God, can I be redeemed? Well, we're going to have the answers for you on today's program. Our host today, Jennifer Waller, is with me in the studios. And Jennifer, we're dealing with a pretty uh, tough subject today. It is. But the cool thing about this talk show that God is launching across the state is that we're going to talk about tough topics every week. And we're going to face them head on because we know we have the power of Jesus inside of us to overcome any addiction and any topic. So I'm just super excited about talking about the redemption from those in the darkness um, with pornography addiction. Jennifer and I are also joined in the studio by Derek Black. He is our guest today. And Derek, uh, thanks so much for taking some time out of your day and coming in to be on A Dose of Hope. Yeah, it's great to be here. Well, Derek, why don't you take a minute or two and tell us about yourself uh, so our audience can get to know you a little bit. Yeah, my name is Derek Black, and I live down here in Soldotna. Uh, Absolutely love Alaska. Grew up down in the state's Midwest area, but I've been up here for uh, over a little bit over a decade now and been all over doing village ministry. And currently what we're doing, uh, my family and I were here and on staff at Freedom House and really embedded in the world of ministry with recovery. Well, Jennifer, Derek mentioned that he's on staff at Freedom House. So how does what uh, he ministers to and deals with, how does that fit into your overall vision for a recovery uh, ministry such as Freedom House? Yes, so Derek's on one of the key players on our team at Freedom House. And so I've got to know him over the last four years and just um, watching him walk out his redemption story and teach those that God brings to us in these addiction recovery homes has just been a powerful piece of the ministry where he can relate to a lot of people that um, feel like they're all alone, that they're the only ones that struggle with this problem, that they can't open up. And when they hear that our discipleship pastor um, struggled for so many years in pornography addiction, it just breaks down walls and gives these guys and gals um, just an opportunity to get rid of the shame and guilt that comes with that. Well, Derek, if we could, why don't we go ahead and start all the way back at the beginning with your story, and maybe you can share with our listeners about how you were first exposed to pornography and how that evolved for you. Yeah, so uh, like I said, I was raised down in the Midwest suburbs of Chicago area, 
and my family, like they love Jesus. I remember having a secure upbringing in, in those senses. Um, but the church upbringing that I was raised in was a very uh, conservative, legalistic type focus on where I heard, you know, the flannel graph Jesus, so to speak. Like I heard about Jesus, you know, I heard the stories I learned um, about all those pieces of the Bible, which later in life really came together for me, but they were pretty disjointed early on. So I, I prayed a prayer to accept Jesus when I was six. I don't really remember it, but I remember like every time I heard a message about hell and everything, just being scared to death. So praying like a prayer to be saved, you know, like 600 times in case I didn't mean it yesterday kind of thing. And I think I really nailed that down when I was in uh, 12, 13 years old kind of thing. But before that, and, and after that, all around there, the environment of the church upbringing that I was raised in was this focus also on all these extra things. So extra rules and regulations and what you could and couldn't do, uh, certain things that that you were supposed to wear and not wear, different types of music that you were supposed to listen to and not listen to, um, all those sorts of entertainment type things what you wore to church, like we had to wear a suit and tie like to church all the time. And like there were these sort of like unspoken expectations that then when people didn't fit those molds, then like literally they would be treated differently. They'd be looked at differently. And so it was building a culture, at least in me, of looking for approval and trying to fit in. In addition to that, the church upbringing that I was raised in was a pretty, pretty big church. Um, uh, 1,200 people, something like that. I eventually was in a, a Christian school that I attended and very the same, that, that was the environment that I just described. But uh, anytime anybody would be publicly caught or exposed, you know, in any sort of a more public sin sort of thing, uh, they were just kicked out of the church immediately, whether it was something to do with sexual, whether it was something to do with a, a substance addiction, um, different things like that, that happened growing up. And so the message that it sent very clear was that if you have like, quote unquote, real problems, you don't want to get shunned and kicked off to the, to the side. And so I ain't talking to nobody. So that was kind of the, the environment being raised in. So before I went to Christian school, starting in the fifth grade, before then I was at public school and I was exposed to pornography in the third grade. Uh, there's this magazine clipping that was just out like on the playground. I still remember it clear as day in my mind. This big water tower, green grass out there by the ball field. And there's these people, you know, kids and stuff kind of snickering over this magazine. And so that was my first exposure to that. And so it opened a world of curiosity. And because of this environment that I just described, I didn't feel like I knew who to talk to, what to ask, why I was feeling these weird feelings within me. Um, and so that started the world of exploring sexually with myself. Um, I think, by the way, the one thing that kept me from acting out, because in my story, it didn't go beyond like it could have and does in other people's stories to act out with all these other people. For me, it, it became this twisted sense of internal uh, sexual experimentation and addiction with myself um, and, and a world of even some sexual confusion over who I was and what that looked like for my gender being a, being a guy 
um, and why I was feeling this way. And I remember growing up just as like, this is literally like an elementary school kid thinking, why am I doing this? Why can't I stop? I feel dirty, gross, disgusting. And I didn't know what to do with those feelings. Uh, as I went into my early teen years then at that point, just felt very uh, like a difficulty of trying to fit in around me because of all those approval messages that I was uh, surrounded by. And I remember just trying to figure out how in the world to to be good at, like I sucked at sports, I just didn't have attention of people growing up. And so what I ended up gravitating to was more of like, I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, the goody two-shoe crowd of like, I'm going to try to do all the things that the church and the Christian school tells me, my youth group tells me that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to be the good Christian kid. And on the inside, like I'm, I'm a mess, feeling all this uh, tension and confusion. And so uh, I remember that in that setting, like I'm going back to that again, back to that inner sexual addiction type stuff and the pornography stuff, because as I went back to those things, at least I told myself I feel validated or approved in that way. Um, but it was always, I'd always, it would always fall short, always. And that was feeding that going back and back and back again. Um, nonetheless, through that time, like I heard about Jesus and I was giving my life to, to try to figure out, like, I wanted to follow Jesus, but I wanted to get out of this at the same time. Uh, and that transition into where uh I felt like God giving me a heart to do mission work, which ended up being up here in Alaska. And this inner struggle, this inner addiction uh, was something that I was keeping at bay and hiding and figuring like, oh, I'll just, I'll figure it out. Like go to Bible college. Um, I wasn't doing the pastor thing at first. I actually came to Alaska to fly airplanes and do missions, aviation stuff. And, and then he changed my direction. But I kept thinking to myself that uh, when I go to Bible school, when I get married, when I start having kids, when I do ministry, when I go on mission trips, like this thing will just go away. It won't be a big deal. And and it, it was a big deal. So was your thoughts that you would just kind of grow out of this or that you would lose that desire? Is that kind of what you were thinking? Yeah, some, to be honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, literally just thinking like, oh, maybe it's just this weird adolescent thing and I'll I'll just kick it somehow. And I think the other thing, truly, because at least in that environment that that I described, I really naively did not know that there were resources available for people who were struggling. I didn't feel safe to open up to anybody in my church context. I didn't know, truly, that there were faith-based, you know, recovery-type places, even sexual addiction-type communities. Even, you may hear, hear of, like, AA and NA, but, like, the SA community— uh, for Sexaholics Anonymous. I didn't know any of that stuff existed, so I was just trying to figure it out on my own. Well, I think with some of the things that you're describing, you know, particularly with a pornography addiction, uh, you know, the church kind of looks at that a little bit differently than they do some other things, like maybe a drug addiction or something else. There's just there's just something about pornography, uh, you know, that kind of makes people uncomfortable, a little more uneasy. And I guess for a lot of people out there that are involved in pornography, it's kind of like they're living a dual life. Do you think that's accurate? Totally. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's what I felt like, especially once it transitioned over into uh, marriage and, and, and playing the part, so to speak, um, of, I let my wife in a couple times, like letting her know, like, Hey, I'm struggling. And, 
you know, I found out later how damaging that was to her. But at the moment, like she was like, oh, you know, and praying for me. And, and but I didn't really let her know until later in my journey, of course, like how the depths of what that struggle, you know, actually was. Uh, and so it was this this two faced in my marriage and, and also then in ministry. Right. So I'm like I'm coming up here to Alaska. Eventually we moved up here. I'm doing mission trips. I'm doing stuff in the villages. Um, I did my, my master's degree education, like in biblical counseling to come out and, and, you know, help and serve Jesus and all these things. And yet at the same time in the background, I'm doing this stuff. And, and in a way it actually, it came and went in its fierceness, but it actually got worse once I was married and once I was entering ministry stuff. And so that, that hypocritical two-facedness, uh, definitely was a massive thing in, in my life. And then you get further and further in and you're like, oh crap, what do I do? Like, how do I get out of this? Like, who do I reach out to? Um, and the stakes become higher in your mind. So just think like, okay, I, I got to get over it. And the shame messages of like, I'm a piece of crap and like, I'm, I'm worth nothing. And if everybody knew the real me, like all those sorts of thoughts going through my head. You know, Jennifer, in a situation like this, I think that just some of these feelings become overwhelming because of the situation people find themselves in and may even delve in a little bit deeper because they're probably thinking, you know, who am I going to share this with? And then it comes time to have to share it with your spouse. And that might be even more overwhelming that they're going to have to do that. Right. And the only way to try to mask and cover up that shame is to either come to Christ lay it down or do it more because you can't feel that you don't want to feel that and so you go back to your addiction to try not to feel what you're feeling so derek right now i know we have some people out there who are listening and they're finding themselves uh in this pornography lifestyle addicted to it or sampling it or something like that earlier you'd mentioned some resources share some of those with us and uh, how can people find help yeah, so for me, my journey, I would probably not tell people to do because my journey was like self-experimenting of, of trying to find any podcast, any message, any book that I could find that talked about this because it's just simply not talked about. Uh, so I think, number one, like as Jen mentioned, uh, coming to, to Jesus and your relationship with your walk with Christ, and if you don't have a walk with Jesus, like exploring what that looks like, talking to someone about that to surrender but part of that surrender to Jesus is like step one. Then after that, the thing that I would say is talk to someone, talk to a safe person that can help you start to walk down the road. It's a community involvement. We say this at Freedom House all the time, whether it's a sexual addiction thing or whether it's a substance addiction thing, you find recovery in the context of accountability and fellowship and community. And so those are the two things to, to get your life with Jesus, like start focusing that direction. And then secondly, to lean into community and find some safe people to open up to. Yes. And just to take on to that online, there's this website that has some free resources that I've navigated and checked out. But Pure Life Ministries has a ton of free resources, biblically based, amazing stuff for pornography addiction specifically. Um, and also, that's what we're here for. We want to throw our phone number out there because if you're driving around or listening to this in your kitchen and you're like, found yourself, I want to reach out or I want prayer or I want help, call us at 907 260 3733. What I do promise you is that we will pray with you. We will partner with you and we will help hook you up with resources across the state um, or we've got them across the nation if need be. That's one of our um, passions is to help those that want help in any way. 
The phone number again is 907-260-3733. That's 907-260-3733. Derek, let's jump back to the beginning for a couple of minutes because you got involved in pornography as a child. So if we have parents out there who are listening right now and they see maybe some signs that their children might be dabbling in this, what uh, kind of advice would you give to them? Yeah, in in my opinion, and what we've done with our own kids is just addressing these things at an early early age. So there's some neat resources that are out there and ways that you can start to talk about the conversation of how God has designed uh, us to function as male and female, and romantic attraction, and, and and sexual things like without actually having to use those words at a super young age. And being able to talk by those lessons, even in things like when we're out in the garden and we're gardening and seeing how God has done this, or like when we're out and seeing the animals and stuff and seeing how babies come, you know, they, they see that, you know, with whether it be our dogs or whether it be like just out in the Alaska wilderness and having little, little infancy conversations like that, that become more real over time um, or more specific, I should say over time. But the other thing I would say is really striving to be a safe confidant for our kids to encourage them to talk to us about anything using things like a Deuteronomy 6 type way of using everything that we see in the world whether we lay down and 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 rise again and throughout the course of our day like we're using everything to to instill conversations in our kids and being safe people that come come and talk to about things Jennifer, as we were talking about Derek's story, of course, we found out that he was exposed to pornography through a magazine. But uh, in your opinion, what do you think the impact of cell phones has been on this issue? Oh, man, it's so much more accessible. Every single child, well, a ton of children at even elementary level have these cell phones. And so I'm tagging on those tales of I have an 11 year old daughter that I talked to at nine years old because if I don't talk to her about it first I promise you the cell phone will educate them or the friends unfortunately and so as parents you know you think I think my kids are innocent and come to find out she had already seen and been exposed to pornography before nine I talked to her at nine she had already seen and we just were able to discuss and pray through stuff and talk about why God created her as a woman and um, that place and that purity that he's calling of her. And so I would just encourage parents to talk sooner than later. Yeah, definitely. And just a reminder out there, we are the parents of these children, and we need to have their cell phone passwords. We need to have blockers put on their cell phones so that they can't even access these sites. They turn their phones in at my house, every, my high schoolers, all my kids, by 9 p.m., they're laid up on the counter or they're grounded. It's the, it's, there's no discussion. We have to help put guardrails up for them because they have to be able to navigate that device that's in their hand all day long. Um, and so hopefully just giving them some guardrails on, we're going to take your phone at this time or at the dinner table, they always go up, you know, not at the table, but there just has to be some safeguards in there. And I check them. I have all their passwords. I actually have um, passwords on the app store. So they have to ask me to download an app because we don't allow um, the, the ones where the messages delete real quick or or the secret ones, we just don't allow that because there's no reason to have that. If I can't see what you're texting, you shouldn't be texting them. Right, and I think the same thing goes for spouses too, is to be able to have that ability because it creates that accountability factor that you were talking about earlier, Derek. Totally, yeah. Yeah, completely. Having a context of accountability in your life is 
is huge with that because I remember like in those days of our marriage and mission trips and, and right when we were coming to Alaska and even when we came to Alaska, I remember just crying out to God and just saying like, why can't I stop this? I need some help. Like why in the world can't I open up what I, I felt completely hopeless. And, and for me, like the accountability piece became huge uh, and, and especially bigger later. Um, but that pouring my heart out to God and, and searching all these resources three particular things in the scriptures in the book of Genesis about being made as male and female in God's image, about Galatians, about being free from the legalism of the past and being approved by God by my faith in Jesus. And then Romans, just talking about the gospel that we are to consider ourselves dead to Christ or dead, dead to sin, but alive, right? Like Jesus. Um, those realities just wrecked me. And the gospel became like real and vivid in my life. And a fight to find freedom over this got bigger and bigger when God broke through to my heart in those ways and then opening my heart more and more to accountability and community. And how long do you have clean now from this addiction? Yeah, so that was a big thing for me, even early on when we came to Freedom House of trying to figure out like, when was it, you know? And through some really hard heart work, um, working through some things uh, through Freedom House and through some other things with pursuing the hidden heart type stuff, uh, another ministry that, that helped me out in this. I was able to clarify of October of 2018, um, completely what I would call sexually sober since that time. And just super thankful that God was able to clarify a timeline, which he didn't have to, but for me it was a big deal um, of having clarity of my story and walking forward. So yeah, super thankful. It is so critical to have over at the Freedom Houses. We have 17 residents between both homes, men and women's house. And what we've realized over the five years we've been around is that I'd say easy 70% of our residents struggle with some sort of sexual addiction, sexual confusion, or pornography addiction. 70 to 80%, I would say. Well, if you find yourself in need of help, or maybe you just want to find out what the next steps might be, maybe you just need somebody to pray with you, give us a call, 907-260-3733, 907-260-3733. And Jennifer, I just go back and think about the whole cell phone issue and how somebody who might be struggling with pornography and just the constant temptation of you know how ads are popping up on your phone and everything else that's going on, or you're watching a TV program and something suggestive happens. I mean, you're not really even safe at a PG-13 movie or anything anymore. Right, right. It, it is the enemy is scared. His time is short. And so he, especially us running for the kingdom, you know, just because you're a Christian, well, we hammer this all the time, doesn't mean your life is easy, doesn't mean your life's free of chains. But what it does mean is we have the power of the living God inside of us to break every chain. And so I just know that he attacks, you know, Derek was obviously called to the mission field in Alaska as a pastor. So if the enemy could keep him down and chained up in this secret addiction, he ain't gonna do the kingdom work that God had fully planned until he got this freedom. And we have just seen not only his work at um, the ministry at Freedom House, but he's a he planted a church, a recovery church here, the lead pastor there. He has this amazing um, apparel brand. We're actually sitting in his office right now. It's called Choose Recovery. Um, he's just pushing the mission that don't matter who you are, where you've been, 
you can recover. And I think that's the key point right there. No matter who you are, no matter where you're listening at right now, you can recover from this. And we want to be able to help you do that. So, Jennifer, share with us, if you don't mind, uh, the phone numbers and uh, websites where people can find some help. Our website has a ton of resources as well. It's freedomhouse907.com. Um, you can shoot us a message on Facebook. We're, uh, we're over there. We're on Instagram or call the office. Our main office is 907-260-3733. And we will pray with you and point you in the right direction for help. You know, Derek, I think oftentimes we think about this. This is a men's issue, but it's really not. It's, I mean, it affects men and women, and I think it's even increasing more with women, um, you know, as we're looking, you know, at this. Uh, you know, maybe you're out there listening right now, and uh, you find yourself having these struggles. You know, make today the day that you're going to make a change. Reach yes. out to somebody. Uh, you can call us here at the radio station. Um, again, Jennifer, give us the phone number. 907-260-3733. Yeah. And, you know, there's people out there. Uh, you know, we want to be able to help you with it. Of course, everything's confidential, yep. um, particularly at Freedom House and the ministries that you guys do. I think you guys are doing a fantastic job uh, with this and uh, dealing with this subject. But we have uh, just a couple of minutes left. Uh, anything else you want to add for us, Derek? Oh, boy, yeah. Um, I am just so thankful for each season that God brings you through, no matter what season you are listening that you are in right now. Like, trust that God is preparing you for the future. Like, it was very difficult for me to make these steps, but God was preparing me. I can see all the way along. And through even coming to Freedom House, when I did uh, a few years back, getting just free and clear of this whole sexual addiction stuff of the pornography right around that same time period, I thought like, okay, I'm coming to Freedom House. I had my own reasons and God leading me. But boy, he was using that to come full circle. And, and really since these last three and a half years of being around Freedom House and around the recovery community, that season of my life, God has just hounded me in a beautiful way to go back and approach my past and heal and continue to recover. And I'm so thankful for that. So whatever season you're in, jump in and uh, just see all that God is doing, no matter how uncomfortable it is, because he is going to bring continual healing and transformation like nobody's business. And you can trust him. He is a good God. And uh, yeah, that's my thought. All right. So, uh, you know, before we go, though, you have a website or something people can find out about Choose Recovery? Yeah, Choose Recovery is choosercvry.com. And it's just an apparel company. And we do a bunch of other stuff, too ministry-related talks and podcasts, YouTube, other things that we're uh, just trying to think of outside the box ways to make much of the healing and recovery that Jesus brings through some unconventional ways. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Jennifer, you have any final thoughts for us before we go? Yes. I just want to encourage everyone out there as well as the team here is to know God and to make him known in all of your circles and all of your spaces, everywhere that he leads you, even today. Well, thank you so much for listening to A Dose of Hope. We hope today is the day that you'll start your road to recovery. If you have some questions about how to uh, start that uh, recovery process, maybe you just need somebody to pray with you. Would you call us now? 907-260-3733. That's the phone number to call. 907-260-3733. There's also links to other resources, and you can find more information about Freedom House on their website at freedomhouse907.com. That's freedomhouse907.com.
We'd also like to say thank you to the many people who have donated to make this radio program a reality. If you'd like to make a gift to Freedom House to help continue this radio program, go to their website, freedomhouse907.com, and then click on the Donate button. You'll have the option to donate with PayPal, and when you do, whether you use PayPal or your credit card, there'll be a button on there that you can click that says Add Special Instructions, and in that field, just type A Dose of Hope, and they'll know that your gift is designated towards this radio broadcast. Well, for Jennifer Waller, I'm Tom Steigelman. Thanks so much for joining us for A Dose of Hope. We'll be back next week at this same time right here on this radio station. Thanks again for listening to A Dose of Hope.